0: Welcome to The Bone Beat, conversations on health policy issues affecting musculoskeletal care and supporting advocacy efforts to advance access and quality. Brought to you by the American Association of Orthopedic Surgeons. Here's your host, Kristen Coltis.
1: Hello, and welcome to this first episode of The Bone Beat in the year 2021. The podcast is made possible in part by the support of the Pfizer Lilly Alliance. In the last episode, we recapped how rapid healthcare policy changed as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. What was legislation one day became law the next. And we ended the episode on a bit of a cliffhanger by saying that we weren't sure how or if Congress would address impending Medicare cuts or surprise billing. Uh, Of course, we know now that some of those issues were addressed, but another accomplishment for the healthcare community and for AAOS advocacy specifically uh, that happened just after the holiday in our December episode was passage of the Competitive Health Insurance Reform Act. This essentially repealed a decades-old exemption for health insurance companies from antitrust laws. Here to break down this new law and talk about what it means for orthopedic surgeons is George Slover, who is a senior policy counsel for Consumer Reports. Welcome, George, to the show.
0: Hello. Thanks for having me.
1: And my co-host today is Katherine Hayes, who you may hear as a familiar voice. She is a AAOS Senior Director of Government Relations. Welcome back, Catherine. Thanks for having me on. George, we were talking at the outset about this being sort of a wonky issue to the average orthopedic surgeon that is antitrust. Um, and I know you've spent nearly 30 years in this area. So can you give our listeners some background on why the McCarran-Ferguson Act was problematic for the healthcare marketplace and why it existed in the first place?
0: Sure. Um, the, um, the antitrust laws uh, protect the marketplace uh, by guarantee and make it work better for consumers and for everybody by uh, allowing choices to be offered to consumers, and uh, that incentivizes everybody to try to make their products and services better. It gives consumers the benefit of all of that, and it gives opportunities for uh, people in the marketplace who want to do a better job, build a better mousetrap, figure out a way to provide services better. So putting that uh, healthy um, uh, effect off limits in the health insurance marketplace uh, created a, um, a, a, a dam, if you will. Um, and um, the, the, uh, it, it made it harder For those choices to be available. uh, The uh, health insurers were essentially allowed to act as a monopoly and to decide among themselves what the terms would be that they would offer on a take it or leave it basis. So um, they didn't work to make uh, choices better for consumers. They didn't work to make the um, the marketplace easier for providers to deal with. It was all geared toward uh, uh, maximizing the profits of the insurance industry as a whole.
1: And Catherine, in our industry as the AOS, of course, our services being musculoskeletal care, it may seem obvious why we would want to repeal an exemption like that. Uh, so, could you expand on what was happening in Washington to, to make that happen for this seemingly unfair exemption for health
2: insurers? As you mentioned, you know, antitrust has been on the top of our advocacy agenda uh, for a very long time. I now have a decade experience at AAOS and consistently it is something that we had heard from our members um, as, as being uh, very harmful to their businesses, especially our, our smaller practices and ultimately harmful to the patient. Um, because of course, you know, any additional cost is just passed on to the patient um, and that, that is unable to be absorbed by, by the, uh, the physician. Um, and, you know, we, this particular legislation has been on the books for a couple of Congresses now. Um, and I think the political climate was right for final passage um it had passed the house in the 115th um and it passed again in the 116th um and you know we had just kind of been waiting on Senate action for a while um and and i think um you know we were very very pleased to see it it go through finally
1: yeah what your Touching on is the number of years it takes to even get something like this passed, even with that bipartisan support. And George, uh, that's why we're excited to have you here. Um, You know, you've, you've been working on this for, for decades yourself. So what, from your perspective, what kind of challenges did did the healthcare industry specifically face in getting this law repealed?
0: So um, the, um, this um, issue, like, uh, like we said, has been around uh, for a while and uh, the antitrust laws have uh, historically had bipartisan support um, because um, Republicans who tend to believe in uh, relying on the free marketplace to work recognize that having a um, competition working under the antitrust laws uh, reduces some of the uh, need for uh, regulation to substitute for that, for a, a marketplace that's not functioning. And back uh, during the consideration of the um, Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, back in 2010, um, the um, the uh, Republicans sort of had a reawakening uh, or an epiphany, if you will. And this um, this bill, which had um, been sort of dormant for uh, quite a while, suddenly uh, got legs. Uh, the, uh, the Congress at that time was majority uh, Democrat, uh, but this bill passed uh, overwhelmingly with bipartisan support. There are 435 uh, House members, and it was 410-plus of them voted in support of this bill. Um, And that happened again, under a Republican majority in 2017. And it has happened again, uh, this year, Uh, it never really uh, took off in the Senate, I think, just because not because there was an opposition to it, but just because they were busy doing other things. And all of the uh, pieces just didn't come together the way that they should. But I think there was always sort of a recognition among the sponsors uh, that the time would hopefully come when they could consider it. And, um, and it did um, in, in the fall of, uh, of this past year.
1: And, and now it, it's been passed. It's been signed into law um, by the president and we'll be really eyeing how it's implemented and, and how it affects the healthcare industry. Catherine, I want to go back to you because, um, you know, the repeal of the McCarran-Ferguson law is just one aspect of antitrust reform that uh, we as an association work towards, and I really liked how George was speaking to that balance of competition and regulation. So my question for you is how does our involvement with with this law and in this area of healthcare policy, how does it align with some of the other goals of the AOS?
2: I think that's a great question. Um, I think one of our primary goals, if not the primary goal of AAOS, uh, is to ensure that uh, the physician-patient relationship is preserved. Um, We don't want the United States government or any state government to have too much power over things like what drugs are prescribed, um, what uh, procedures we're allowed to do. And we certainly don't want insurance companies Um, to have that power. And, you know, George earlier alluded to some of the, um, you know, making sure that insurance companies put together packages um, that are consumer friendly. Um, And I think, you know, breaking down some of the monopolies that um, may exist across the country when it comes to um, health insurance companies, uh, I think will help. Uh, encourage those companies to build good packages for, uh, for patients um, and to allow patients to get the care that they need um, from the doctors that they would like to get that from. So we're, we see this as something that aligns very well with our advocacy agenda, and we're very hopeful um, for some of the relief that it may provide. That's an um, excellent
1: way of putting it, and and I know that uh, that healthy balance of choice and competition has always been a priority of the AOS. Uh, George, f- I want to go back to you because um, of your experience in this realm. Um, you know, obviously, we can't predict how this law is going to be implemented or enforced. Um, but what what impact do you think? it will have on healthcare. We've danced around it a little bit, but even if you could give us a specific example um, relating to an orthopedic surgeon or maybe the the impact uh, with regard to hospitals, how do you see this changing healthcare um, in this year and the years to come?
0: Yes. So um, that's a good question. Um, I think uh, the way that the antitrust laws work um, is um, There has to be a uh, violation of the law and an investigation and enforcement action to actually sort of come out into the open. But underneath it all, um, what uh, the presence of the antitrust laws does is to change the uh, operative incentives in the marketplace for health insurance companies. Um, You may uh, be familiar with... um, meetings of your association where you're talking about common interests and there will be um, an antitrust lawyer, antitrust counsel on hand to sort of advise the association to make sure that you all stay within the bounds of what it's okay to talk about and how you're able to talk about it. Um, And the the health insurance uh, industry has not had to do that because they haven't had to worry about. Uh, the antitrust laws. Now they're going to have to pay attention to that. And they're going to have to be careful not to um, uh, work in uh, cahoots with each other to um, uh, decide how they're going to uh, offer choices to uh, providers such as your organization, your members. So it's going to allow for uh, your members to um, there's going to be more opportunities for uh, networks that um, that can be more inclusive. Uh, there's going to be uh, potentially more opportunity for your members to join multiple networks. There's going to be more opportunities for them to um, uh, help uh, reform uh, billing practices so that they are more um, efficient and friendly for, um, for uh, your members, uh, all the kinds of things that where your members confront an insurance company that says, look, I, that's our policy, take it or leave it, that's how we operate, uh, you have to do what we say, all of those things are going to be uh, more open now to being revisited. Uh, by the uh, existing insurance companies and by new insurance companies who come in and say, well, we can do better than that. We've heard from the orthopedic surgeons and the other doctors that uh, they are very frustrated with uh, the current um, Of options that they've got, and we're going to offer them a new and better option. So over time, the marketplace is going to open up, if you will, and provide more opportunities. There's one other thing that if I could, I I wanted to mention from earlier, which is part of what um, allowed this to happen now was that there were um, people um, who care about this issue, consumer groups like ours and also provider groups who are on the the other end of this and are seeing its effects, who stood poised and ready to um, to act when the time was right. And that includes your association, it includes other provider associations who kept this issue on uh, one of the burners, uh, maybe not the front burner because it was filled with other things, but it was always on Congress's radar. And uh, so when the time came, when they could move, uh, they were ready to do so.
1: Yeah. Going back to one of the things you just said, George, and I want to emphasize this uh, for, for our members who may be unclear, when you're talking about this exemption, that was just repealed on uh, and signed into law on January thirteenth. That was that was not an exemption for the whole healthcare industry. It was specific to health insurers, right?
0: That's correct. It, it, only the health insurers uh, in the entire healthcare industry had this exemption. Everybody else in the healthcare marketplace and really in the entire economy mm-hmm. um, has to follow the basic rules of the free marketplace which are uh, competition has to be allowed to work its magic and uh, the antitrust laws are there to protect its ability to do so. The um, the health insurance industry was an anti-competitive eddy where those rules did not apply and uh, so that created the logjam that um, uh, benefited The uh, insurance, the health insurance industry, uh, their ability to act as a monopoly at the expense of everybody else who was dealing with them, both consumers and providers
1: that's a really important distinction for our listeners because um, and and thank you for clarifying that just because it's something that our members face in their practices and and it's something that Catherine and I uh, message to our orthopedic surgeons um, how you know how and why that exemption existed and, and how unfair it was uh, our our surgeon members are um, leading the care of their patients and at this and really leading that care model. Um, so Catherine, I wanna I wanna get your input on this uh, because you've been talking with legislators. Uh, how do you position the the this antitrust exemption with insurers with sort of everything else going on? You know, we already talked about increasing hospital competition and choice. We talked about ensuring network network adequacy, but when we look at the exemption that exists for insurers, you know how do we frame this problem for legislators and why it needs to be fixed?
2: I think, you know, especially um, with everything that happened with, uh, with the pandemic and, and how things have turned out with COVID-19, you know, a lot of legislators were looking at the profits of the healthcare care, uh, the, the, the health insurance uh, companies and wondering why, uh, you know, in, in a time when so much of our economy was faltering a lot of these health insurance company um, policies um, were skyrocketing, their, their profits were skyrocketing. Um, and uh, I think that, um, you know, it kind of shed some light onto some of the unfair advantages that, um, that these companies, insurance companies, have had over uh, physicians and over patients uh, for really quite some time. Um, and I think, you know, we did some very targeted outreach to the Senate at the very end um, to just, you know, remind people on a one-off basis how critical uh, it was to, to have a level playing field um, between these two uh, parties, between the, the physicians and between all healthcare providers versus the insurance companies um, that do, you know, provide a lot of um, of care for 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 them and and a lot of their income come comes from insurance companies. Um, and I think it was uh, just critical to point out to everyone um, you know the the unlevel playing field that currently existed.
1: Uh, this is a very positive uh, accomplishment indeed for our surgeon members and and George, as we look to the hundred and seventeenth Congress and the year ahead, Um, It it seems like overall a very positive win for the entire healthcare industry. So um, what is your outlook on the months ahead as this begins to trickle down and affect individual practices?
0: So I um, am a a longtime believer in the uh, beneficial effects of the antitrust laws I think it's been unfortunate that for so long they haven't been able to reach into the health insurance industry. I think now that they do, the warm winds of competition are going to have a very beneficial effect on the healthcare marketplace for uh, patients and for providers.
1: Well, it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds, certainly, um, especially with that surprise billing legislation being enacted earlier this year as well. So thank you, George, for sharing your expertise on this topic. We really appreciate it.
0: Uh, Thank you very much for having me. It was my pleasure.
1: And Catherine, thanks for coming back. You and I have got a lot to delve into in episodes ahead for the 117th Congress. So looking forward to that with you as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And our listeners can look out for those future episodes airing on the last Tuesday of every month. We'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of The Bone Beat from the American Association of Orthopedic Surgeons. For more information on this topic and other AAOS efforts to shape the future of musculoskeletal care, please visit AAOS.org slash advocacy.